Welcome back to Books and Stuff Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Zach. And this is going to be another book review podcast, as promised, because we have... Stephen King's latest release, Fairy Tale, to discuss today. And this is a book that I did not read, but as you all probably know, Zach, being the massive Stephen King fan that he is, definitely read it. Yeah, uh, I did read this book. I did a separate reading vlog with this on YouTube on Zach's books and going to kind of discuss a few things on uh, the podcast episode. Um, Try and keep it spoiler free to start. Yeah, so this is going to be another deep dive, kind of like we did in the last episode that I did with my friend Kelly. We're going to deep dive, totally spoiler, spoiler free, and then we'll get to spoilers at the end and we'll make sure to say it's time for spoilers and stuff like that. But before we get started, let's talk about what we're currently reading. And also don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Check it out on Instagram at Books and Stuff Podcast. And do you want to start with what you're currently reading? Well, what you just finished. Well, yeah, I just finished a we book. We both just finished a book. And with the gearing up of Zachtober starting up soon, I like I'm wanting to take like a brief little pause because it's just gonna be pure madness once that starts. Or um, what you're reading next. You might be reading some today. I actually don't know what I am reading next. Probably maybe Goosebumps, I thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple of goosebumps, maybe yeah. by Arl's time. Um, but what I because you have lofty goals to get done with the original 62 by like the end of October, <laughs> yeah. How's yeah. that going for you? Um, let's see, I've gotten the three United <laughs> Living Dummies and then the five I did as a reading vlog last October, so probably like 50 I'm or at, more. I'm at eight, maybe. I mean, if you include the one <laughs> I read, if you include the one I read in elementary school, I'm at uh nine, but uh. Well, also, you're probably not going to get a ton of them done today because the day we're recording this is the day before it's going up, and it is football Sunday, and we are Chicago Bears fans in this house, and we've got a night game against the Packers, which, if you know, you know, and it's a big rival game, and it's the Bears could actually win this one. <laughs> I, I also missed last week's game because I had to work. I missed all of last week because of you, work. We missed you on the podcast last week. Well, yeah, that too. But I was talking about the Bears. Um, I missed all of last week's football. It was very exciting, which actually made it better at work because it was really slow. But then after the game, like, oh my goodness, like people just piled in. Um, but it was aggravating because i can watch and of course the first week i'm able to watch is against the packers so that's very exciting for me yay we literally got snacks and we got um like sparkling grape juice which we always drink on like holidays but we're like it's kind of a football holiday for us so we can both actually watch the game so it's an exciting day in this household and we're talking about you know, your favorite author. Yeah. And also, we just strived away from the question you asked at the beginning. What am I currently reading? Uh, Goosebumps is the plan next. What I just finished was Racing with the Devil. Um, By Brian Smith. Yes. I was blanking on his name. Um, it's a short horror novella. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I finished security um again the name of the author escapes me it's like gina Wolsdorf, something like that yeah see this is why you're here you know more than i do um 
But I we finish each other's sandwiches. Same, yeah, no doubt. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Jinx, Jinx again. Okay, wow, no. <laughs> I feel fruity. Okay, so, um, yeah, um, I was racing with the devil. <laughs> it was a lot better than security was, in my opinion. Well, you read racing with the devil because for one of Zocktober or one of the Zocktober videos, um, he's doing Halloween recommendations, and that book is set on halloween or it takes place on like halloween night or something so yeah there was a reason for the season there was raisins right so let's get to oh i'm currently not reading anything i don't know what i'm picking up next i think i'm gonna pick up pookie which is a graphic novel that i got from barnes and noble because i i've kind of been getting in like the lighter mood but also i am wanting to read like halloween books so that's that's where I'm headed next, I believe. It's truly spooky season, even though spooky season is still, like, not upon us upon us. And it was, like, like, 87 degrees yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but, like, realistically, like, spooky season is here. Like, leaves are changing, kind of. There's, like, one yellow one in our tree in the front. Um, but, yeah, no, the season is changing. It's starting to get spookier. And, and the podcast will, too. Uh, we're going to talk about horror books coming up in oh, the next yeah. episode. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You're planning on going to a haunted house? Ooh, maybe we should. There's um, like an abandoned like building. We are going to a haunted house. There's I an, forgot to tell you about There's that. an abandoned building next to a gas station that's on the way to Danielle's work. And like, it looks creepy. Like, we should like go in there and like do some paranormal stuff. We don't have any equipment for that. Um. So yeah, never mind. We're not going to do that. Also, Plasso, plus and also Plasso, um, we'll probably get murdered, so we're not going to do that. All right, so back to fairy tale. Why don't you give like an elevator pitch? Just like if you're stuck in an elevator with someone, what's the one sentence you're going to say to get them to read this book? One or two sentences. Um, don't say your rating yet. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to give the rating. Um, what I would say for this book is. If you're a fan of light fantasy with a mixture of suspense. And you love a good dog. And you love and you love a good doge. <laughs> you love a dog. <laughs> you love a good doge. This book is for you. Um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say. <laughs> it's it's light, it's not super fantasy. It's, you know, you know who I am. You can't tell me to pitch this in an elevator because I'm going to need an elevator to the top floor of the Empire State Building because I just do not shut up. Well, we'll get to you talking about the plot. This is going to be a little bit more of like a question answer type of podcast just because I truly don't know a whole lot about this book. So I'm going to kind of be like, you know, talking to you. You're, you're kind of like running the show this week. I would hope you're talking to me because Bailey isn't going to answer you. Right. So let's start with what were your expectations going in? Like, what did you think? What were you assuming like the genre was? What were you assuming you were going to get out of this book? What were you maybe not what you're hoping to get? What were you thinking going into this? Like what references did, were you expecting? What genre were you assuming this would be? Well, for me, in my eyes, anytime a new King book that gets announced or released, I immediately want there to be Dark Tower references. Um, Which some people don't. Some Stephen King fans are like, 
enough with that. Well, yeah, it's something where, well, yeah, a lot of people are like, all right, he finished it with book seven. Oh, but then he wrote, went through the keyhole. It just needs to be done. The Dark Tower is done with. It's over with. Um, I personally just want more references to that or um, just anything of his previous work. Because he usually connects everything together. Um, I know the past couple of books he really hasn't, except for uh, what was the one before this one? Billy? No, the one he wrote with the uh, the one guy, Richard Chismark. Yeah, Gwendy's final task. That had a couple of Dark Tower references, very slight. Well, I will say this one you were expecting there to be some too because I mean just looking at the cover like it looks like a fantasy book. Well, yeah, also maybe a reference to the Eyes of the Dragon um which that's for sure a fantasy book. Um it's just So this one you thought there would be Dark Tower references because that's really where his fantasy mainly lies. Well, yeah, that's kind of where I think his fantasy world is is where the dark tower is and that's you know i and then because I, I vaguely remember in the dark tower series there be in that world there are two sons and at one point it, you know just a little reference into the book when charlie the main guy we're following gets into the new world there he's at is he references that there's two sons and so i was like oh oh my goodness he's actually connecting this to the dark tower but I'll stop saying what I'm saying now so that way I don't spoil my thoughts of what we're going to talk about. But Was that the last main like dog character he wrote too? Wasn't Oi a dog? Oi was a bumbler. I think that's what they're called, bumblers or something like oh, that. Never mind. I haven't gotten to that point in my reread yet. So fans do not hate me because I'm mispronouncing the species that Oi is. I think he's called I think they're called bumblers. Um, I'm just about to get to Wastelands, so that's when Oi joins the party. And I'm pretty—I think they're called Bumblers. That's—I remember the name being funny. So, for to help me out, why don't you give a spoiler-free plot to this book? So, this book starts with Charlie, the main focus that we have, the main character. He's kind of like writing. I don't know, it kind of sounds like a memoir format, like he's talking about his past. Um, and literally the first line of the book is, I'm sure I can tell the story. I'm also sure no one will believe it. And then it just kind of goes into like, it, it sounds like he's talking in future self. I don't know what kind of format that is. Um, but he's talking about something in the past. Um, he starts talking about his mom um, how she passed away when she was crossing a bridge and how that's affected him and his alcoholic father. And then he basically tells his dad, like, stop it or GTFO. Like, you need to fix yourself. And the, he does, and he gets better, and it's really cool. So from there, he's a two-sport athlete. Um, he plays baseball and he plays football. The football or the baseball coach wants him to play basketball because they're also the basketball coach. And he's like, no. Um, and coming home from practice one day, he um, he's walking home and he hears this uh, this like whelping dog. And he's like, oh, 
that's coming from um, the really creepy house that everybody says the dog's like real vicious. He's like going to kill you. It reminds him of the dog from that movie Cujo, which is a reference to another King book. Um, and then he hears like a faint like help or something like that. And so he goes to the house and that's where he meets Mr. Bowditch, um, who's an older gentleman, kind of keeps to himself. Everyone thinks he's like a crazy old man. And he fell off a ladder and hurt his leg. Um, in short, they become really good friends. And Radar, the dog, is probably one of my favorite King characters, even though he's a he's a doge. But it's, I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah, no. And then, you know, it start. I mean, that's about as far as I can really talk about without really spoiling anything, because the rest of the book is just... Like, so what genre would you say this book actually is? You talked about what your expectations were. What I would say there there's zero percent horror in this book. So if you're a horror king fan, this book is probably not for you. I would say there are some suspenseful things in it. Um, so, I don't want to say thriller either because that sounds wrong. So basically, like a light fantasy. I. I guess so. I really don't know what else to really categorize this in. It just, it's to me. So Billy Summers to me was more of like a thriller suspense type novel. I really enjoyed Billy Summers. This book seems like light, light fantasy mixed with. um, Goodness gracious. I really don't know. What to really categorize this in? Let's see what Goodreads has it as. They have it first as fantasy and second as horror. It's definitely not horror. I don't know what they're smoking at Goodreads, but it's definitely not That's horror. That's because everyone <laughs> just categorizes Stephen King as horror. Well, yeah, anything. Even if it's not a horror. Well, yeah, book. anything horror related is King. Okay, so here's a hot take for you guys. In my opinion, I would say. I don't want to say since his accident in the early 2000s, I feel like a lot of King stuff has gotten, I don't want to call it softer, but like in comparison to what he was writing in the 80s and 90s, it's like almost none of it really seems like horror. Um, now, I know a lot of you are probably going to be like, well, King also did a lot of drugs in the 80s and 90s. And I don't want to say that that's when like most of his better stuff was written when he was coked up, but well, a lot of a his time, a lot of his better butter, a lot of his better stuff came out when he was coked up, but times obviously changed and he changed his life because he literally was basically killing himself. So that was definitely a big change. And personally, I, if you guys look at my top 10 King books, there's not a lot of recent stuff in it. Um, I couldn't even tell you the most recent thing. I think it might be Dreamcatcher. Well, also another thing with Stephen King, which I guess we'll touch on this, is that while Zach and I are not super politically driven people, we don't know enough to have opinions. And so, uh, but a lot of his current stuff is very politically driven. Well, yeah, a lot of the stuff that he does write, he's always bashing a certain previous person who was in office and he's always just kind of bashing, you know, 
you know, he, he, he's got his political views and he put them in his books. And I personally just didn't care to hear for it. That doesn't mean I disagree with him or agree with him. I don't really have enough knowledge to really care to mention it. But I just would prefer to not have that in the books I'm trying to read. Um, so in this book, you don't get that, which I think is nice. There's, I think, maybe one or two references, but like they're not like hate filled like, oh, yeah, this guy's uh, like, I, I think he just called Mr. Bowditch like a Trump supporter. And like, that was it. But yeah. that, so, besides that, there's no like bad political talk in this book, which I think was a nice change of pace because I was tired of hearing about it. So something that I've seen a lot of people talk about is like this reminds them of like OG King. So do you not really get that? It's hard to say because this isn't horror. Um, I would say, I mean, it's from a, I don't want to say a child's perspective. It's from a high school kid's perspective. And I think it's, I don't know. I, it, I mean, what was the, the last story he wrote that like a kid was like one of the main characters? Like the main point of view we're following or just like somebody who was there? Yeah. The main point of view. Um, Has it been a while? The Institute, maybe. Okay. Because I know The Outsider was more adult. Elevation was adult. Um, if it bleeds, there might have been a story in there where it was like a younger person's perspective. I think Mr. Mr. Something's phone. Well, yeah. I so can't think of that. Something that I've seen people say is this just like brought them back to like OG King. And... I So I would definitely get the vibe of that, but just no horror. Like, yeah. I would say they are correct. I did kind of get some older King vibes, but not like older King vibes. Like, yeah, we're following a high school kid. Great story. You know, if there's a little bit more like horror in it. The other problem I I will say I had with the book is um, I had heard in an interview that he said this book is happy because obviously he started writing it when COVID was going on. He actually started writing the book on my birthday, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And so he had said in an interview where the book is happy. It's supposed to be like a happy story, you know, this and that. And so the other, the reason, the other reason why I kind of like, I don't want to say docked points from it, but that's kind of what I did was because as much as in danger, I felt some of the characters were in, mainly charlie and radar with him having said like it's a happy story i really didn't have like fear for him like i didn't think like oh like yeah he got in dangerous situations but it's like okay well if it's a happy ending then he's not gonna die like they wouldn't just do that so well a lot of people probably didn't see that interview so well yeah that's another thing that's true too a lot of people probably didn't see that um yeah, so I feel like we could have just thrown in a spoiler alert before I just said that. But, well, because, yeah, that's definitely something that would spoil towards the end of the book. So so talk us through this. So it starts off how? Not like long-winded Zach. Like, well, no, <laughs> get to the point, no, literally, no, how I literally just said it about 10 minutes ago is how it starts. And I don't I don't want to, like, re-say all that. Cause okay, that so is... then what, 
so are there two different worlds happening in this book? There are two different worlds that so eventually talk us through that. There are two different worlds that eventually happen in the story. There's the real world where Charlie is, where Mr. Bowditch is, where Radar is. Um and then in Mr. Bowditch's shed, there's a well with a spiraling staircase, which is the cover of the book, that leads to another world where I think Charlie refers to it as the other or something like that. Um, and it's more of a fantasy type world. It's not like real world things. There's giants. I think what he kind of made a lot of references to like folk stories like rumpled skilt thin i yeah that's like a name i cannot say so the name you just said gets referenced quite a bit um jack and the beanstalk there's a lot of references with that because like there's a couple of giants in there and it's like reverse instead of him going up a beanstalk he's going down a staircase um there's did a lot of those kind of vibes did you have a world you preferred the story i preferred the real world so the first half of the book is more or less Charlie kind of figuring like where I think King thrived with this book is his like building up to this Charlie character, the real world that surrounds him, his father and everything like that. That's all the first half of the book. Absolutely love it. And then he goes into the other, the other world, the one down in the well. And I don't know. It just felt, it didn't feel as good because like i said earlier i didn't really have like a feel of like fear for charlie it just he's gonna go down there get done what he needs to get done might hit a few bumps in the road but he'll be back and that's you know i just kind of wanted more of the real world stuff that's i i said that in my reading vlog too and i i firmly believe it it was a really great story but i don't know so let's maybe put the spoiler alert now, just because I don't know where um, the next questions will take us. So what? So what happened with Mister Bowditch? So Mister Bowditch, or like what? What was the dynamic between Charlie and Mister? So Bowditch? Charlie and Mister Bowditch have a very strong friendship. I personally think it's one of the strongest friendships that he has written between. I don't want to say a child and an older person. That just sounds creepy. But like a kid and an adult. Um, you saw it in Apt Pupil. Obviously, that didn't really go too well. Um, I would say in, you know, It, there is another type thing like that. But the adults really kind of suck in that book. Mainly because like they don't believe the kids and they don't like see what they see. Um but you're kind of getting it in like a reverse perspective because Mr. Bowditch is the one who was down in that world and he's the one telling it to Charlie and Charlie doesn't believe him. But then he believes him when he finally goes down the well and sees the other world. So I think it was kind of like a reverse thing where like the adults didn't believe the kid, but now the kid doesn't believe the adult. Um, eventually what happens is Mr. Bowditch recovers from his injury, but then... I think they discovered a cancer in him or something like that. Um, and he eventually dies. He passes on. Um, but in doing, no, he has like a heart attack 
and gets rushed to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, he dies. Was Mr. Bowditch a character that you liked? Mr. Bowditch is a character where you start off like you hate him, and then you eventually like him. So I, I personally like Mr. Bowditch. Mr. Bowditch was a nice character. I thought, you know, I wish he had made it through. Um, but obviously, if he did, then maybe all the things that happened to Charlie wouldn't have happened. But I thought he was an important character. I thought he was really good. He was well written. Um, and I think he may have had a really good dynamic with Charlie. Was Charlie a character that you enjoyed as well? Charlie was. Um, at and the very... where does he go after Mr. Bowditch dies? So Mr. Bowditch leaves him a recording um, while he he's like recording something, like knowing that his time is coming. And in the middle of his recording, he has a heart attack and he's like under the bed. Everything's under the bed. And so he goes under Mr. Boach's bed. He finds all this stuff and discovers the other world. Um, then there's like this really short dude. Um, I forget what his name is, but they compare him to that folk story character that I can't say his name. Rumpled, whatever. And basically... He like trashes the house, um, trying to find you know gold. Mister Bowditch is someone who find who found gold in the other world, and that's where he got all of his money. Then you also find out that there is this sundial in the other side, and basically what this sundial does is if you go on it and you spin a certain direction, it deages you. And so you find out that Mr. Bowditch is actually like a hundred or 200 years old. And like the original owner of his house was him when it's believed to have been like his great grandfather or his grandfather. Um, and you find out that it was him. Um, I thought that was a really cool plot twist. Um, basically what he does is uh, the reason why he wants How to go old is Charlie. Charlie is in high school. I think he's going to be a senior. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And so I would say, I don't know, was that 17 maybe? Um, and so what happens is Radar um, is, so this is after Mr. Bowditch is gone. Radar's getting sick and getting old as dogs do. And so Charlie's like, you know, I want to fix him. And so he basically gets told about the sundial thing by Mr. Bowditch in a recording. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to take radar to the sundial and fix him. And so he does. And that's when he encounters all these problems. He gets captured at some point. He's got to face, I think they're called the white knights or something like that. I can't remember what they are, but they're, or the black knights. Um, there's the something knights. And, White Walkers. No, that's Game of Thrones. I don't remember what they're called, but they're a bunch of um, like skeleton type creatures that are like more of like an apparition looking blue ghost type thing. Mm -hmm. And what's funny with them is how they die is if you spray water on them, they like combust. Like they literally just like implode. Really? <laughs> and so like their big escape towards the end when they're leaving is them like basically like walking around with buckets of water and like throwing them at him and they literally just like implode and so i thought that was really kind of funny um i honestly so don't how does this book end for charlie and radar so eventually charlie and radar meet up 
and are reunited because, like I said, Charlie gets captured. He has to fight all these inmates like in like a battle thing for the king. Um, and he wins all of his fights and eventually they, you know, come up with an escape plan. Uh, he met up with this one woman, the woman in the shoe. That's another folk story that is referenced um, or the old woman in the shoe or whatever. Um, and so she saves, she basically her and they're called um, the gray, I think is what they're called. And so they're basically like people, but they're like, not like whole, like they're not complete. I think that's something that is also referenced because the inmates are the ones they're called like the holes, like they're complete, but I don't really know what's like missing from the other people. Um, I know he meets this one woman whose like mouth is like closed and she like can't really talk. So she's, she like talks through like a horse or something like that. Um, but pretty much how it ends is they all get rescued um, few people die on the way, of course, but Charlie and Radar make it out alive. Um, the princess of the, um, basically there's, they fight the king guy and then like this weird thing opens up under the ground and it's just like this whole, um, uh, I can't think of what it is, but they reference like Cthulhu, like this weird creature that's coming up from under the ground and they defeat it. Radar and Charlie survive. And then radar grows old. He decides not to take him back to the sundial. And then they eventually get a radar too, because he tells his father about the place and him and his father, like seal it shut. They pour concrete on it. They put steel on it and they do all that kind of stuff. So basically it's just a happy ending for everybody. Eventually radar does grow old. And like I said, Charlie doesn't take him back to the sundial because he can't um, him and his father. He told his father everything and actually brought him to the other side, the other world and told him everything, told him the truth. Um, and they decided that our world would basically just destroy it if they ever found out about it. So, instead of you know keeping it open for future endeavors they seal it shut they concrete it closed they put steel boards up they you know they really seal it up so nothing can come in and nothing can come out um and that's pretty much how it goes they eventually get another dog they call it radar 2 and so did you like the ending? I thought it, literally just like he said, the ending is wholesome. It's a good, happy ending. But I think, like I said, in. Yeah, maybe now we should say what your rating is. <laughs> I gave this four stars. I didn't like it as much as Billy Summers. And I don't know. I just thought in the fantasy world, it just kind of didn't feel as good as the first half. That's my honest opinion. I think the real world earth story was better than the fantastical world. Yeah. I, I just feel that way. I don't know. I'm obviously not going to reread this anytime soon. Cause I've got 
other books I need to reread. I got my Dark Tower series I need to reread. But this is a book that you would recommend still? It's a book I would recommend, but if you're going wanting to go into it with Dark Tower references, you're going to be disappointed. Or horror. Or horror. It's not a... Like I said earlier, I think... I honestly think anything that King labels as horror nowadays is, like, not really horror. Like, the closest thing is maybe The Outsider, where it's, like, this thing that can, like, change shapes, kind of like Pennywise, but... It's not really like that. It's more like a horror thriller book, that one is. But I don't know. Well, thank you for walking um, us through this book. Yeah, and uh, try, and, try and keep the hate comments to a minimum. <laughs> oh, stop. We have a couple guests lined up. We have my sister. She did not remember. She was on the podcast a while back. She's coming back, and she's going to be on a Am I the Asshole episode. Abby? No, Al. Oh. Um, and I don't know if that'll be the next episode or a few down the road. And then we also have some horror-themed podcasts coming up soon, too. So. Yeah, maybe we'll have a guest on for October. I know I'm planning to read Cameron. I'm planning up. to read uh, Cameron Chaney's book. Maybe, maybe we'll have him on. Well, he said he was going to come on the podcast, but then he's been working on writing his sequel to Autumn Crow. So. <laughs> Autumn yeah. Crow 2, The Crowning. No, I think it's called it's Autumn shit. Crow High. It's a Shit's Creek reference, I'm sorry. The Crowning, yeah. The Crowning. <laughs> so anyway, keep a lookout on Instagram. We're always announcing uh, upcoming guests, what we're reading, what uh, podcasts will be coming up, and all that good stuff. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And check out our YouTube channels. We have a blog that's starting up which will kind of coincide with the podcast and with the YouTubes and everything else. The YouTubes. It's thebooksandstuff.com. Of course it is. So we'll see you next week. We'll see you on Instagram, and we hope you have a great week. Bye. 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 Bye.